My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Hey, happy Friday to you. This is Sports Time Out. I am Michelle Mendoza, anxious to introduce you to my team who's going to play at the game of sports commentary today. We have got a full bench here, and I'm excited to get on the field. Let me introduce you. First, he's been MIA for uh, a couple of weeks, but it's good to have him back in the game, Matt the man of steel. I am the knowledge and strength of 10,000 worlds. I am flesh and machine. Oh my gosh. The athlete in the game of life. I love this book. We have a bunch of literate people too. We also have a man who has written quite a few books and his latest has been a best seller dale didway good to have you he's the author of sport shorts 52 stories of faith we have the author of this book come on everybody here garrick you need to get in and write a book because mine's being released and it. you're the only one that's not literate what's going on no this is this is can't play soccer for a while yeah, yeah. so you know, <laughs> this is uh breaking yesterday from our friend brent R. Baker. Photographer Brent R. Baker. And then we have the man who was injured in the field of play but came to play today anyway, Garrett. Get ready to get. All right, guys. So now that we've gotten all of the introductions out of the way, it is time to talk sports and some of the sports stories of the week. And there's some big ones and there's some interesting ones and there's some confusing ones. But first, I wanted to start with Major League Baseball because it is that time in season. I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on games, picks for standouts, and any cool news that you would like to share. Raise your hand. Anyone been following baseball Dell, come on give it to us as i said last week there's a rumor there's a professional baseball team going into cincinnati but that still hasn't they still haven't shown up yet they're all they're, they're supposed to be hailed as one of the uh coming into the season as a as a, a team that's going to do really well and i was talking to a friend of mine the other night who who covers the reds quite a bit he's we're all going to stage a protest up here at the press box he's, uh, they're off to a two of five start uh, they, look, they look terrible and is uh, i mean that's know, their normal season huh that's their normal season it is a normal season there's a big hype in the off season and they're a great farm team for Baseball. Yeah, I'd like, like, to, like Seattle, yeah. like Seattle, for instance. Yeah, Seattle. I was going to say I'd like to feel sorry for you, but I live in Seattle, so you know, so, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. And do anyone else have uh, any standout news or something that caught your eye in the week one of Major League Baseball? Because I have a couple. Yeah, I just, we have another wave of great young players coming up that are just getting their feet wet this week. One of them here is in Seattle, Julio Rodriguez. In Texas, you have Mike Witt Jr., who's a shortstop. And then um, in Detroit, Spencer Torkelson. And it's interesting because in Seattle, people have been wringing their hands a little bit because Julio is like two for 20 to start off his career. If you look at these other two guys, they're all right in the same, in the same space. And I, I think there's just especially with cold weather hitting, you have to recognize it. Like with some of these really young players, it takes some time along with some of the other established stars like Juan Soto and, and the injured guy down in, in San Diego, Fernando Tatis. Um, you have another wave coming up right behind him. that's going to be exciting to watch. 
Yeah, it's it has been exciting. Unless anyone wants to weigh in, let's say there's been a there's been some per, almost perfect games. Dodger starter Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game through seven innings. I don't know if you guys saw this Wednesday in Minnesota, and he had just thrown eighty pitches, and then boom, he's removed from the game, and everyone's going. But uh, 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 uh. And I, I thought that was interesting because. On one hand, they've already sealed the deal for the game. Do you really want to wear him out? And is pitching a perfect game that big a deal? If I were a pitcher, I'd be like, no, I I want to finish this out. But I was wondering what you guys thought about that. It's a big thing. As a Dodger fan, lifelong Dodger fan growing up in actually the L.A. area, I think a young Kershaw, you you leave in. You you leave him in and let him see what happens. A a Kershaw at this age and, and what he's gone through, Roberts is looking at the... Let's look at the length of the season. Yeah. And we got the win and, and leave it at that. Yeah. And I, you can I, thank the, the, the lockout for some of this too, because you, with a shortened spring training, you've got a shorter leash on guys, a lower pitch count. Yeah. And, and again, Clayton Kershaw's had, had an extensive injury history, including last year. And I think it's also, you should note that Kershaw himself was fine with it. I guess that's what it really comes to. It comes to is if he's okay with it, I'm okay with it. Kershaw's a guy who would have a perfect game. He had had pitched basically a perfect game except that there was an error behind him in a game a couple years ago. So he actually retired all 28 batters that he faced. No hits, no walks, nothing he did wrong, but one of his teammates committed an error. So. It, it you just never know. Did and, you catch you know, what happens if he goes 110 pitches and then injures himself? Oh. I think Clayton is the guy, kind of guy who handled it with class. But if he would have said, "I'm I want to stay in and finish this," they probably would have let him stay in. Yeah, yeah. Good point, guys. Good point. Did you catch the game, Matt? I, no, I just saw uh, the update. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. I And one more story for Major League Baseball, the butt that went viral. Did you guys see this? I'm sorry if you are listening to the podcast and not watching it. You should either Google Sean Murphy's butt, or which does not sound good on a podcast that looks for the God story. Sorry about that. We're a mixed bag. But... <laughs> But or you can go to my Michelle Live and watch this. He literally throws his hiney in the way of this ball. You, yeah, there it goes. Stick it out and boom, chugga lugga lugga. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So this was uh, the first ending of Monday night's game between the A's and the Rays, and he sticks his backside out as Chris Mazza hits him with the ball in the dairy air. So that was, yeah, some highlights from week one. Welcome to week two of Major League Baseball. And what else is new? Anyone here excited about uh, USFL? United States no. Football League officially kicks off Saturday night. I, yeah, guys, I think it's hard to get excited unless you have a local team. Or unless you live in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. Or you have a, a son or daughter or nephew on a team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who couldn't quite make, make, make the NFL. And that's the interesting thing is that all the games are being played in Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. And so that. That, that's weird in a way. I, I I get it logistically. It's a lot easier for them to to manage. But but it, it's it's I guess it's your home team. But it's but all the games are going to be there. So it, you pretty much are watching everything on TV. Yeah. I think the best thing about a league like this popping up is is the, all the old stories from some of the 
the failed attempts at competitive leagues in the past. There's one today at ESPN about the old World Football League that lasted for a year and a half back in the 70s. And it's hilarious, some of the stuff that that goes on behind the scenes you don't find out later with some of these upstarts. Well, what about the XFL? I I really enjoyed the XFL, and we had a team here coached by uh, someone you and I both know, Garrick, is Jim Zorn. Jim Zorn, Jim Zorn. Yeah, Yeah. a great guy. uh, Great great Seahawks quarterback, the original. Yeah, and a good guy. Uh, And that was fun. I thought that they did a a good job with the XFL, and then COVID hit, and coming back next year it is it? coming back next With year the rock, the rock. Yeah. yeah the rock he's the rock. A, a owner in it and so what's the difference i'm more excited about the xfl than the usfl is that just because of my location and there's a team nearby what's the deal as somebody who covers the nfl i i'm not too excited about oh because I, mean, I cover the nfl the big yeah, dogs exactly. right <laughs> so it's, it's something that i don't think there's a reason why the other leagues made it <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're they're trying to catch all that emotion of some folks were just disenfranchised with the NFL because so many players kneeled or whatever. But we didn't see that last year or this past season as much. So I think uh, that it's making a good comeback. I'll be interested to watch it. I'll watch it, but I probably won't. Follow. follow yeah i i think it's great because there are uh guys who aren't quite nfl ready there's guys who maybe have gotten injured and need like a farm league to be able to work out some of the things so i think it's needed but i'm with you i'll watch it may not follow it yeah. until xfl comes back and i can watch the dragons because they'll be my local team right the best thing that come out of uh when vince mcmahon and those guys did uh, the xfl years and years ago the best thing that come out of that, which only lasted what one, one or two years, was the cameras went down and like the huddle. That's the yeah, only that was kind of cool. Like, that was cool. And now everybody does it. So yeah, it's really and it was cool. very, it was family friendly too, easier yeah. for families to go and watch a high quality game and afford to go. So that's great. But let's get to the NFL. We know that we're just a little bit away from the April twenty eighth draft kickoff, which is going to be entertaining. But in the meantime, there's some unsettled players and positions that are still up for grabs and people positioning big news this week. Colin Kaepernick was you know, part of the Michigan spring game. And he's like, Hey, I can still help make you a better team. He's still positioning it. And how long is he going to be like in his fifties still saying, Hey, I, I need, I still need my shot. When does he go away? <laughs> is that bad of me to say that? I'm just like, come on. You well, know, okay, I Tim Tebow. When we stop talking about him. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. shut up now. Uh, but no, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to liken it to Tim Tebow, who he had his shot. He came back and was like, is he going to get, he said it, it didn't happen. So he's moved on. Another position that hits home, because as a lot of us are from Seattle, like half of us today are from Seattle. And it has been a big story after the trading of Seahawks, Russell Wilson. It's kind of left that QB position open. And just this last week, Baker Mayfield has been saying the most likely place to land is Seattle. Now, he's not going to say that if there's not some talk going on in the background. So I'm wondering, even though the Seahawks did sign Geno Smith for a $7 million contract, if I have that, that doesn't completely close the door. So I'm wondering, I like the idea of a Baker Mayfield uh, quarterback for a new season for a new a new beginning maybe for the Seahawks but that's one of the big stories any other story and anyone want to weigh in on that I think it's it, it's been proven that when there's when you don't have a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson was that the uh, 
the quarterback competition thing is a good thing for a team. I like that. Um, yeah. Because it, it, I think it really kind of makes people hungry and it, it just brings out the best. Wait, so, are, are you saying that competition breeds excellence or, or, or should we just shut people out? I'm sorry. Did I just get political? Dang. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Sometimes it, sometimes it results in a neck brace too. Yeah, real quick. If, if someone's listening, you're not seeing that uh, Garrett Payne had an injury on the pitch last night. I woke up to a text. Yeah, say a few prayers. I'm in, I'm going to ER. I'm like, oh, great. Someone wiped you out. He's wearing the, the neck brace to get a little bit of sympathy for the rest of us. But I've got news for you. No one going to give it to you today this group i love it hey guys i want to get to a face off topic today and it's another cam newton original oh. cam newton was weighing in on a show and he was talking about well his mama she's a great has a great dad who was always there for him i love that he was talking about his mama being a real woman and how these bad B-I-T-C-H's, they can't cook and they don't know when to be quiet is basically what it boiled down to. I don't know if you heard it. I don't know if you read it, but it may even be reminiscent of back in 2017 when he was in a press conference and Jordan Rod- Rodrigue Rodriguez, I think it was. She was a writer for the Charlotte Observer, was asking questions, and he starts laughing. Oh, I just think it's funny, a woman having the the understanding of route. I'm wondering, guys, as we face off today, is is this just a sign that there's just way too much misogyny in sports, or is there really a difference between men and women, and we should celebrate it? Nope, that's not it. That's it. And let me throw this into the mix as well. There's even more uh, misogyny issues that come into play. In soccer, there was a coach of the Northern Ireland women team, and after his team lost 5-0 to England, he said that women are more susceptible to multiple goals in a short space of time because they're more emotional than men. And he had to apologize. There's a lot of backlash. And that's not the only story this week. But I thought I'd get your you guys to weigh in, even though you're men. I'm not a biologist, <laughs> but I'm just making an assumption here. Cam Newton, I'm going to quote Cam Newton to Cam Newton, even though he's probably not going to watch a show. I'm going to quote himself saying, you don't know when to be quiet. I think it's like Cam Newton. <laughs> You know, he, that's always been true of him. <laughs> you know, true. I mean, he um, he was quiet a few years ago when he lost the Super Bowl when during the press conference when he acted like a four year old and wouldn't talk and in front of he has a towel drip over his head and he, he that was an indication of his class level then he had no class then when they lost so why do we expect him to have class now? Ooh, and there you go. Drop the mic. That's our All drop right. the mic moment right there. Tell yeah. us how you really feel, Dell. I think there's a couple things in play here because we, we need to recognize the fact that women and men, there are differences, okay? And it's clear. However, and, and this is where things get blurred and where people get confused, is that there's a difference between the physicality of men and women and the mentality of men and women 
Okay. Any woman can compete with a man in terms of intelligence and going head to head in terms of like what he was talking about in terms of running, learning routes and things like that. There's, there are differences emotionally as well in terms of from individual to individual. And that's not even necessarily just gender based. And so I think you can't lump them all together and, and then make assumptions that, that there is this equality thing going on because men and women are different. We are different. Um, and emotionally, we are different too. Are we more emotional? Studies have proven out that individual people can be different, but as a whole, as a group, women tend to be more emotive and men tend to not be as emotionally driven as women. It serves us well in the capacity we were created for, and it's not a weakness. Why do we continue to act as though some of the traits that are feminine are our weaknesses? I, I, I don't get it. I, I just have never gotten it. And as the only woman on this panel today, can I throw something else in the soup and we'll, we'll get the rest of you to, to weigh in. Brittany Griner is stuck in Russia. She's stuck in Russia, detained in Russia after her February arrest on drug charges. A fellow NBA star and Players Association president said that it's a gender issue. She's over there because of gender issues, because of pay and quality. If she was paid like the like the NBA, she wouldn't have to go over there in the off season and, and make money. It seems like we use gender when it behooves us. And when it doesn't, we say there is no gender issues. So can Dell, clear my head here. What's going on? That I think it's called responsibility. They're already making excuses. We're, we have a society today that makes excuses for everything. This was her personal choice to, to carry what she carried. And it's horrible that she was finds herself in this situation. I hope she's released soon, but it's, I don't believe in that president's uh, thought that it's gender. That's the reason she was over there. Was that the reason she was carrying or possessing drugs? If she was possessing drugs, Ouch. that was her choice. That was her choice. Oh, awkward, Matt. Uh, agree. I think as Americans that we are, we tend to have too much of a big head and go somewhere and think that we can just not obey their laws, not obey their rules. And because maybe I am a, a professional, they'll just come bail me out because I'm a professional or make money. No. When you go to another country, you have to obey those rules, those laws, everything that they have in there, just like when someone from another country comes to us. Well, I'll take a Mardi Gras example. So, if someone from England comes over here at Mardi Gras and gets out of hand and gets arrested, the English government isn't going to come save them. You know, they did it themselves. They have to get their own selves out of jail and deal with that. She's got to do the same thing for her. It's got nothing to do with her, her gender, what politics she is. You, you get the you get screwed, then you got to deal with it. And I think building on the building on the what that comment, the gender comment was about, just talking about like in your your Mardi Gras context, it would be like your Brit coming to. America to Mardi Gras and getting arrested and say, if we had a party like Mardi Gras in London, I wouldn't have had to go to America for that. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's our fault in, in England for not having a Mardi Gras. Yeah. And that's what, that's what that claim was about is if they were paid eight figures in us instead of six figures, they wouldn't have to go play in Russia in the, in the off season. You still didn't have to. And, and right. it, it's just indicative of what's going on in the culture is that people are unwilling to take responsibility for their actions. There's right. always someone to blame. It's always someone else's fault. I'm a repressed people or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I think put guys, and as we talked about, I think last week's show, when you have women's sports, they're not making as much. You're not bringing in as much. And I've often likened it to my paycheck versus what Rush Limbaugh used to make. But I don't have the reach that Rush Limbaugh has. So of course I'm not. I'm doing the same work. In fact, I'm probably working harder because I'm my own producer. I Shouldn't I be paid more? No. It, it doesn't work that way. Uh, as far as Cam Newton's concerned, yeah, I think Dell, you said it best. You don't know <laughs> when to shut up. But there are differences. And those differences can be celebrated. I remember back in the day where they said they had the big ad, we no longer want to say like a girl. You run like a girl. You hit like a girl. What's wrong with that? I'm not offended by that. If I wasn't. I think it's offensive when it is said in a derogatory sort of way. And so girls then, can run. Now, if you break oh, that yeah, mold yeah. and you run like a girl and you are a badass, that's awesome. But I'm sorry. Having raised a girl, having grown up with girls, yeah, girls can run in a certain cute little girl way. And then there's the girls who break the mold and they throw better and they run harder and they're athletic badasses. That's awesome. But why can't I celebrate because most of my friends who are, if you say you run like a girl, they're like, yeah, that's fine. I, of course I do. I'm wearing five inch stilettos. Shut up. Celebrate it. And if you make running like a girl look like you're ready for the Olympics and all the better, we have a wide variety of what is. And it's absolutely okay. I don't have to look like a man in order for it to be uh, non-derogatory. So enough of that, guys. Uh, we don't want to beat a, a, a dead horse too much. I want to move on to soccer this is cute because Dell said i'm gonna let you guys talk about this <laughs> <Yeah. Bear. laughs> go ahead hit guys I'll see you next week. That was interesting. We all did weigh in on the Northern Ireland's uh, coach saying, yeah, women are a little more emotional than men. Should he have apologized for that? Yeah, probably. But is there some truth to it? If you've played sports with women, can the group mindset of women be different enough that it makes a difference in how they play? What are your guys' thoughts? One thing before I shut up for soccer, if you watch, and I don't make a habit of watching all the time, the, the LPGA, female golfers have an incredible technique and swing. They, they swing a whole lot better than a lot of the men do. Their forms are great. Their heads are always down perfect. Women have a better golf form. So when you say, I wouldn't mind swinging like a couple of, or Boom. several of the ladies who Boom. play on the LPGA because they do it really well. They just want the power that the man would have. That's why it doesn't go as far. And they don't make as much money because there's not as much ticket sales going on. Yeah. There you go. And now that we fought, as we talked about last week, now we fought hard to be recognized and are, are working our way up there. Now we're being displaced by transgenders. Um, is It's pretty difficult. So soccer, some news in soccer, Sweden, Spain, and France clinched some spots in the 2023 Women's World Cup. So I wanted, speaking of women, who? A CONCACAF Champions League. Yes, <laughs> MLS team makes it to the final. I think this is only the seventh time an MLS team has made it to the final, and this could be the year that MLS actually takes it. And that's big, guys. Even if you're Dell Didway and you don't care, it's still pretty cool to watch soccer in the United States grow up. There's soccer moms all over the country who have been taking their kids to, to soccer games for decades, and yet soccer in the United States 
United States has been the redhead stepchild of the soccer world. And to watch an MLS team, specifically our Seattle Sounders, make it to the the final, that's exciting. And the, the, the thought is they actually could take it this year. So, Garrick, this is your sport. The rest of us are going to go get a cup of coffee, weigh in. This has been a really exciting Champions League uh, game games and Seattle of course beat New York City FC so it was actually two Liga MX teams playing one semifinal and there were two MLS clubs playing for the other semifinal game series and so to see this final coming up is it's going to be super exciting and the Sounders I think have a very good uh, good chance of winning we're going to be playing against Pumas which is a mid-tier Liga MX teams the Sounders certainly have the, the the power the manpower and the ability to be able to to win i so. hope so two-legged two-legged series between pumas and the sounders is scheduled yeah, for the first. 27th for the first leg in mexico and then may 4th for the second leg here in seattle here in the u.s and speaking of here in the u.s there's still a good chance by the way that 2026 the world will be played well it's going to be played in north america and it could be played in seattle it could, there's a, a bunch of other cities vancouver has put their head their hat rather in the pitch so it's going to be exciting to see where that happens and my final soccer news you're almost there Dell. almost there is on <laughs> june 1st the ukraine will bid to qualify for the world cup and they'll, they'll resume on the first against scotland after a playoff semi-final in glasgow was postponed in march because of all that's going on with russia and the ukraine so that's exciting a lot of people excited to see the Ukraine. I think a lot of folks will be pulling for them. So big stories there. Now, one final story before we get to our final shot today comes out of college sports. Alabama's Nick Saban wants the NIL name and and likeness to change, all of that to change. He says that this that it it might bring a situation where you can buy players and i think we've touched on this before is there any real solution to this thoughts guys this is slippery yeah. slope so you i don't know i i i don't know about a fix i think that it's you look at nick saban talking about this and just built into where alabama is in college football right now he basically is in the catbird seat with this his Pretty much anyone that goes to Alabama is going to have an inside track on a name, image, and likeness deal. And so he's coming at this from a position of strength. But, of course, these always creates arms races. And especially in the SEC with its long legacy of everyone following the rules all the time, I'm sure he may have some concerns, too, about about what, say, may happen at Tennessee or Auburn or Florida, just in terms of how NILs would get set up for players and promises that get made by boosters and all that sort of stuff, where it'll take us back to the 50s and 60s, where you had a free-for-all with fake mm-hmm. jobs and people getting money for doing nothing and, and just showing up. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I think the NIL basically they just kind of threw it out there and there's not much structure to it and there's not many rules to it. And so that's I think the problem. I are legit and I don't really have an answer. Yeah, I think that's the problem is it was just thrown out there. It was a Nancy Pelosi. We've got to vote on it before we read it. <laughs> Del? Oh, boy. 
I remember that. <laughs> All right, guys, I think it is time for our final shot where we go around the team and just give a final thought or idea or someone you want to shout out to. Final shot. Let us go to Brent R. Baker. Oh, cool. And I actually was ready. <laughs> it's the first time for everything. So, yeah, this week, I, I shared it with you, Michelle, too, but there was this cool thing happened in Tampa Bay during a baseball game where there was this little girl, eight years old, her name's Chloe Grimes, who was there. She's battling cancer for the second time. And so she was there as a guest of the Rays. Her favorite player is Brett Phillips. And so she, yep, she got to throw the opening pitch and then they had the TV crew that was like hot talking to her during the game. And while she was giving this interview, Brett Phillips comes up and hits a home. So it was crazy. It, what really got me though, was like the interview after the game when they're talking to Brett and he didn't know it. He didn't know she'd been interviewed while he was hitting the home run or anything like that. And he's literally, was like trying to, he was crying enough during the interview he was trying to hold it together. And he was like, pulling out posters that she made for him and this oh bracelet my she gosh. made for him. And yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, oh. it was really cool. And you can see, again, this is, we talk about a lot of the, the rough things that happen in sports, but this is like one of those, those really cool things where, you know, what he did meant a lot to this little kid. And then just, I don't know. It I was love one that of those story. genuine interviews I've seen I love a player who was really touched by someone. That's so, the best of neat. what sports is and what sports should be about. When you get away from the silliness, the controversies, the kneeling, the when you get away from that and you get just down to the good things, that's the best of what sports is about. Man of Steel, Matt Peel. <laughs> right there. Go Pels. <laughs> one in twelve. You win the play you win the playing game. Rookie head coach, Zion Williamson, hasn't touched the floor all season. You're one game away against the Keepers from um, actually getting to the playoffs. So, hell of a job by Willie Green and the Pelicans for coming together as a young team. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's go to Garrick Peng. Peng. I'm going back to the pitch for my final shot. And he's actually gotten my final shot before. because I Is that the I guy like who's him. knocked you out during the game last night? Well, he actually is partially responsible because he's inspired me in my advanced age as a soccer player. I feel like my game is actually as good as it's ever been in terms of the intensity that I bring to the field now. And part of it's due to a player like Christian Roldan, uh, who plays for our Seattle Sounders, plays for the U.S. men's national team as well. Unfortunately, in our final qualifying game, he didn't even see any time. And there's some question as to whether or not he's actually going to be called up for the World Cup. But he has played, and, and I think part of that has motivated him as well to play so hard in the CONCACAF Champions League as well as just on the pitch in general. And so the U.S. is going to be missing out if they don't take Christian Roldan to the, the World Cup in Qatar at the end of this year. But but Christian, you got my final shot today. I like it. I like it. He's on my hat. He signed my hat. Uh, let's go to Dell. Well, I'm going to have a kind of a sad one here and 
Buckeye Nation and the family of Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Obviously, uh, we, we lost a, a great uh, quarterback here from Ohio State. He died on April 9th. Obviously, it was a Steelers backup. Going to be a Steelers backup. Died tragically. So, the to my shout out's going to be to Buckeye Nation and to the family of uh, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. It's going to be tough uh, on this Easter. Killed by, by a dump truck crossing the road. Yeah. He was a man of faith. We know where he is today. And yeah. that's really the <laughs> and, important and, Part, the most important thing in in the game of life do you know where you're going where your final destination yeah. is a sad story and one of the few one of the few players that i've observed over the last several years who's actually will would stay and sign autographs till the last person left. That's that's just, and there's not too many people like that i i know phil mickelson was, was that way and john daly and a few other players but haskins always stayed and signed autographs no matter who was there or how many people were there. I love it. My final shot is going to go to this man. Yeah, yeah, Dungey has always been a spectacular guy, a a solid character, outspoken in his faith, unapologetic about what he is and what he believes, and all-around liked guy, and, and was a very good coach on top of it. And now he finds himself having to defend himself for being at a fatherhood event with Governor DeSantis. And so my final shot goes to him. He he says, hey, I'm here serving the Lord. Good for him. When we've gotten to the point where you have to defend yourself against spending time with someone, we've gone way too far. Thank you, Tony Dungy, for continuing to take a stand for what's right, for what's good, what's true, what's lovely, what's a good report, and standing on the higher ground. You get my final shot and a hey, final Michelle, yes before we go sorry we have to give our final shot to the uh, the true star of the weekend you know who that is it's jesus it's resurrection okay. sunday coming up come on pastor it, come it. on <laughs> <laughs> yes happy easter to everyone that's why we're doing what we're doing because we celebrate our freedom of speech but we can only understand freedom when we have true freedom we're a fallen world and god provided a way for us to have liberty to have joy and an e- eternal destiny and so that is what is really all about happy Easter weekend to you and happy Easter weekend to my buddies here on the team. Thanks for giving us your time today and blessing us. God bless you. Thank you. Like us, share us, and go to MyMichelleLive.com. Thanks, guys. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.